Hello, welcome to Meet the Thriller Author, a podcast that features interviews with authors of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense novels. My name is Alan Peterson, and I am your host. I am also an author of thrillers, and that is why when I decided to start a podcast where I would be interviewing uh, fellow authors, I decided to focus on the genre that I write in and that I love, which is the uh, thriller genre. And for simplicity's sake, by thrillers here, I'm talking about uh, books that you would find in Amazon's mystery, thriller, and suspense uh, category, as well as its subcategories of crime fiction, uh, such as uh, police procedurals, psychological thrillers, espionage, uh, those type of novels. These are the authors that you'll be meeting during this podcast. Okay, so uh, with that out of the way, stay tuned for the latest episode of Meet the Thriller Author. Hey everybody, this is Alan Peterson with uh, Meet the uh, Thriller Author. And uh, in this uh, episode, I have uh, a special guest with me here, Jeff uh, Menapace, who uh, writes uh, horror thrillers uh, like the Bad Games I've been reading it, and it's uh, it's very scary, Jeff. Are you there, Jeff? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> That's pretty cool, man. Jeff, thanks for coming on the show. For our listeners who haven't heard about you or have read your books before, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Kind of, let's see. Writers are, are pretty boring. That's why we write. We, we we try to sound more interesting than we are. I don't know. I guess uh, I'm 42, married, no kids, two cats, born in Pennsylvania, born and raised in Pennsylvania, uh, near the Philadelphia area. Currently live in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, which I don't know if you saw the movie Signs with uh, M. Night Shyamalan. You know who I'm talking about? The guy oh, that did Six yeah, Sense. Yeah, Six Sense, yep. Yeah, that was filmed around here. Like I said, my life is, is the life of a writer is not very glamorous. <laughs> so, as you can see, I'm sitting here in an undershirt. I don't know if you can see in a baseball cap. So, <laughs> like I said, our, the stuff we write about is far more interesting than, than who we are. Yeah, so, I, like, I like what you said, though. That's why we do it, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right, right. So we live vicariously through our characters. And so, uh, for someone who hasn't read your books, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the type of books that you uh, that you write? You know, you kind of summed it up well when you said that I wrote horror thrillers. I've never been, uh, you know, the terminologies nowadays: horror, thriller, suspense, mystery. They're so broad. Um, they were far more definitive, I think, back in the day. Mm-hmm. It's it's tough to see. you know now it's you know a thriller. Horror can encompass a lot. I was always, I was always of the belief that horror was more of like the the supernatural, the paranormal, you know, monsters, vampires, demons, all that stuff. And whereas thriller, you know, it could be very dark, but as long as it didn't cross that into that supernatural line, it was still a thriller. But then you've got those gray areas like, you know, my favorite film, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, nothing supernatural there, but most people would say that's a horror film, right? Oh, oh yeah. That yeah, was my uh, favorite as well. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Um, but uh, I, I tend to like to write. I, I like to think of myself as a guy that writes about things that I, I believe that could happen and that are scary. I'm not. I don't really believe in ghosts or demons or monsters. But I do believe that if I was out in the sticks and my car broke down and a truck full of dudes drove up and said, hey, boy, you need a lift, I would be terrified, you know? <laughs> so, um, you know, like, the, you know, the, you got a pretty mouth, all that stuff. So that's the kind of stuff that I, I find terrifying, you know, things that could really happen in real life. And that's what I try to write about. I try to write really real characters that experience 
horrific situations that it can, could occur in everyday life, you know? Yeah, I just started reading your, your book and then it, you remind me of uh, Blake Crouch, you know, like his, uh, some of his standalones, the evil that men, that people do. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've been very uh, honored and, you know, flattered to hear that. I, uh, Blake Crouch is, of course, awesome. And I've heard, uh, you know, now I, his, uh, his Pines book, books are more supernatural but i've heard that a lot of his standalone stuff like um like run and abandon and stuff like that are i've not read them i've heard they're awesome they're on my must read list of course i got them i've got a must read list you know a mile high but yeah i've heard that and you know i'm very flattered checking out on your website you said that your uh, that uh, bad games has been optioned for a film yeah all three of them actually the because the bad games there's bad games vengeful games and hellbent it's a trilogy didn't start out that way, but ended up being three books, and I got lucky. I was um, a, a producer, a guy who did um, he did uh, some of the Halloween films, he did a, a Haunting in Connecticut, he did a uh, he, I think he did one of the um, Paranormal Activities. I can't remember. Um, he, he, he's pretty well. He certainly, you know, he's he's done his his thing. So he contacted me. Uh, out of the blue, he was sitting, like, I think he was in a waiting room, and he was playing on his phone, and he, he saw bad games and liked the blurb, liked the cover. You know, there's a there's a hint right there how important a good cover is. And um, read the blurb and started reading it, and then he, uh, he contacted me the next day and said, these would make great films. Would you be interested? So. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's a, some uh, uh, some resume that he has. All those movies that you mentioned. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I was because you know at first I've been contacted by people before, and you know a lot of times it's you know it's a guy who just got out of film school. He's startup stuff, which of course I'm always I always say yeah, go crazy. I don't you know it's you know it's fine, but when this guy contacted me, of course I was apprehensive. Like all right, well yeah, let me hold on, let me get back to you before I sign anything. I looked him up, and it seems like you know he was legit. So um, you know he sent over the contracts, and we optioned all three. And now we're just you know crossing our fingers, hoping that somebody wants to dump a lot of money into it and make them into movies. Oh, yeah, that's cool, man. And uh, yeah, you mentioned your covers. Yeah, they are awesome. The they really make, they really grab you, um, especially if you like 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 if you go through Amazon quickly. It's like boom. It's like oh, that looks cool. Yeah, I have a, a, a who's himself is an amazing writer. A guy named Keelan Patrick Burke. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Mm-mm. He is um, a fantastic. He's a multiple Bram Stoker Award winner. Awesome, awesome horror writer. And he also happens to do covers. And out of the blue, I. I read one of his books that I really liked called Ken and asked him, and then I said, who did your cover by the way? And he said, I did. And I said, well, you want to do, want to do mine? <laughs> and you know, and he, he did, he's a good cover designer. Are you, why are you writing thrillers and horror uh, thrillers? Uh, is that a genre that you liked before you started to write? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much what I read. I tend to emulate what you, what you like. Right. Uh, I love mystery. I love thriller, suspense, horror. Um, when it comes to reading and film, I love I love psychological stuff. You know, I, I get really into a lot of the um, um, even though my my books have violence in them, I, I never try to get gratuitous with it. Um, I like to imply it, but I've never been a bit. I don't like the gore, the over the top. I mean, it's fun to it's fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's what, if those are your expectations going in, um, but I like the more of the psychological effect. You know and the kind of stuff like you know sometimes you know if you ever read a book and 
can't stop thinking about it days after, you know, or, you know, stuff like that. So that's, you know, that's, that's usually the, the, the angle I try to, you know, I always try to go for. And, and therefore, uh, what I used to, what I've read, what I try to emulate, you know. Yeah, well, that's like even like you mentioned the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the the original version. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 got some gory parts, but really, it's not that gory. It's just scary no. as hell. Like when he's running around with a chainsaw, that's what scares you more than anything. <laughs> I, you know, it's so funny you say that. I have told, I've probably said that to, I lost count how many times I've said that to people. Because um, right away, people hear the title and they think of Leatherface and they think, oh, it's gross. And I said, do you be, watch the movie. There's, it's terrifying, but there's. There's practically zero blood and gore in that film. Yeah, I mean, it's just, but it's that's a great example of of a film that's so terrifying that you think you saw it, but you didn't because it's so heavily implied and it's so well done and you know. Yeah. And so, how long have you been writing? Uh, my whole life. I um, I can remember being a little kid and always writing stories, and um, I used to like to draw a lot. I always write little captions or stories to go with my drawings. Um, I only got like really into it as far as trying to make sense of them. I guess uh, when I got into middle school, high school, that's when I started, you know, getting more serious about it. Um, never thought I'd be able to make a living doing it, but you know, um, yeah, I've been writing my whole life. And how many books do you have published out now? Um, I have six novels done. Are, that are out there, and then a whole bunch of short stuff. Um, the short stuff, most of it is available in a collection uh, I have called Warped. Um, some of it's old. Some of it's... Uh, I've still got some new stuff out there that's... I'm still trying to get it all together into one collection, but, you know, uh, right now, six novels, and, you know, lots more to come. Oh, and you said that the the uh, the bad games and vengeful games is that the, the same characters in those three novels? Oh yeah. Um, I initially I when I first decided I wanted to be a writer, I was very lucky. I got a uh, I was able to find an agent, and um, I sent him bad games, which at the time was not called bad games. It was called it went through a lot of titles. Originally, it was called I think it was uh, malevolent, and I sent it to him, and he got back to me. He said he loved it. And, you know, wanted to take me on board. So I was over the moon because, you know, it's not easy getting an agent. And um, he asked for a sequel. And I'd, I'd had a sequel in mind. Wasn't really sure if I was going to do it or not. So I wrote the sequel while we were still waiting because he said a sequel, obviously two books would, would work better at pitching it to, uh, you know, a potential publisher. And I finished with the second one. And by that time, he said, you think you can write a third? And by that time, I was, I was done. I'm like, no, I just, no, they're all dead. Everyone's done. Forget it. It's, got, it's over. And um, I eventually became an indie. I, I, we parted ways on you know, good terms. He was a good guy, but things just didn't work. And I ended up going the indie route. And uh, people really liked Bad Games did really well. And people liked Vengeful Games. And by then, I thought, all right, well, now i got to write a third one. <laughs> Uh, and I had no idea what I was going to do. No idea. Um, but, you know, I, I finally did it. But it's and, and when the third one was done, I said, that is it. And there's no freaking way. Now I'm, I have been flirting with the idea of doing a fourth one. 
Oh, cool. So the readers will be happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have idea. I have ideas right now. I'm playing around with ideas. Um, nothing definitive yet, but there's it's there's a good possibility. So where do you get your ideas from? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I uh, I've always been a weird kid. You know, I've always had a very very vivid imagination. Um, I tend to look at things and envision. You know, some people might see like a guy just crossing the road and my mind flashes on the guy crossing the road and then suddenly a car screeches by and yanks him into the car and uh, the car drives away and then dumps his body down the street. And there's, I don't know, I just, I'm constantly, my mind's constantly going. It's why I don't sleep well. <laughs> um, you know, I just, I, I a lot of, t- you know, it was best said, I think, in um Stephen King's book on writing. I don't know if you ever read it. Yeah, it's a great book. Oh my gosh, it's brilliant. It's not only is I mean the first half is great. It's like a curriculum vitae of um, his um, his life, which is a very amusing read. And then the second half, he talks about you know his opinion on what you should and shouldn't do. And it's even if you're not a writer, I I recommend everyone read it. Um, but he says he gets a lot of his ideas from what he calls you know what if situations. Mm-hmm. Which I really, I, I think is a great, I would agree that I'm mine similar. You know, he's his thing. What if vampires invaded a New England town, you know, Salem's Lot? Or what if, uh, you know, a, a crazed fan held a, a popular writer captive, misery? So he comes up with these what if, and they happen to him all at random times when he's going for walks in the car, taking a shower. Same thing here. Do you ever do you ever base any of your writing on real events or and go off from there? You mean like stuff in the headlines? Yeah, like you see something in the news and you go, "Oh, what if?" and then you start or Yeah, I mean, I would say there's influences, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I have a weird fascination um, with serial killers. And by no means, by the way, I need to I need to clarify this. By no means am I am I uh, praising praising them or deifying them in any way like some wackos do. I am just saying it's. I've always had an interest in them, mm-hmm. um, and um, so, needless to say, researching them historically, you know what they do. I I use a lot of that in in my stuff, and and like you said, current events. Um, it influenced. I mean, I actually wrote a book that I ended up not publishing because it uh, involved school uh, shootings. Mm. And I just, you know, with what was going on at the time, I just figured it would be far too sensitive a subject. So yeah, uh, you see, you think you'll ever uh, revisit that one again, or is that pretty? Well, leave it you know, alone? it was probably it was probably for the best because I did actually go back and reread it, and it was pretty bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that makes I, it easier to move on. <laughs> yeah, it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah, so I'm pretty glad I didn't I didn't put that out. You know, yeah. so. so it is a. Uh, are any of your uh, your real life anything any part of you is uh, make it to your characters in your books? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I, I would I would wager. Gosh, I I, I I mean, every writer I think they almost it's unavoidable. You ha- you, you inject yourself into at least one character or another in your in your writing. You know, how can you not? Um, whether it's in your dialogue or the decision making, um, but 
you know, I don't deliberately do. I mean, I like I said, I think it's something that I mean could inadvertently happen. Um, I mean, I know a lot of times when I do, when I think of like, you know, how couples interact or how people talk to one another, like two buddies would talk. I try to reflect on how I would talk to my buddies, like if we're at a bar having a beer or whatever. Or um, actually, one of the complaints, if I could go back and, and make changes to the first Bad Games book, one of the complaints I had was that the couple, Amy and Patrick, were far too affectionate. And um, I, 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 must have, I must have like at least 500 reviews of people saying, good book, but I couldn't stand the two main characters' affection for one another. And, you know, and, and, like I, and it was funny, though, because at the time I was writing it, you know, and I think about it now the way I am with my wife, and we're like that with each other, you know. And, and don't get me wrong, I mean, we drive each other nuts just as much. But, you know, uh, I never call her, her name's Kelly. I never call her Kelly. I call her honey or baby or sweetie or whatever. And if I do call her Kelly, she looks at me fun. Like I, it's like it's like when your your parents use your full name, yeah. you know, Jeffrey. And it's like, what? Well, what I do? What I do? You know. Um, so I, you know, I try to you know the flirty way you sometimes talk to your your mate, and I tried to dump that into um, into the book, and I think it, it was a good example of how real life sometimes doesn't work on the written page as well. Yeah. So I would have, if I would go, if I ever have the chance to go back and do like a second edition, I think I would. Kelly and I call it like the schmoopiness. <laughs> Seinfeld. Uh, Seinfeld, yeah. right? Schmoopy, schmoopy. <laughs> I think I would clean up the schmoopiness a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what are some of the challenges when you're writing, um, like when you start the writing the the, the writing process? Uh. Well, honestly, the dis the discipline to just stay on track. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, no, that's not because once you get into it, you lose. You know, the world goes away, and you're really into it. You know, the challenge is I. You know what it is? It's it's keeping it's keeping your regular life in order. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can't speak for all writers, but I would imagine a lot of them are are pretty eccentric and. You know, and um, you know, I'm no exen- uh, exception. My, I think my biggest challenge is whenever I get really into a story, uh, and I'm really deep into, uh, a, you know, the book that I'm working on. I forget everyday life. I I forget to 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 eat, to bathe, to pay attention to my wife, to do household things that you know, chores, stuff that you need to be doing. You know. I think that's the biggest challenge. I mean, if it was up to me, I would lock myself in a room and not come out until the book was done. <laughs> yeah. So that's that. Yeah, that's that's the biggest challenge. I mean, of course, there's there's other like technical things. You know, when you get uh, writer's block and you come up with like plot, find plot holes, or you're you're stuck on what the character should do next. I mean, those are all part of the writing process. But as far as the challenge of um, you know, beginning or you know, working on a project, I would say it's 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 ba- keeping a balance of your job and your your life um, in order. <laughs> and where do you usually when you write? Where do you usually do it? In my office, I have a little um, 
uh, I have a room upstairs where I just it's my it's my domain. I get in there and you know shut the door um, and then just just go to work. You know, try to keep it quiet. You know. Yeah. And do you use uh, do you use Word or a, a, a writing software? I use Word. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, what's your writing process like then? Are you like a do you plot a lot, or you just kind of just go for it? No, I'm not really big into plotting. I'm more of a, um, I'm definitely a note scratcher. Mm-hmm. You know, if you went into my office right now, it would look like a you know like a bomb went off. I mean, there's just papers with with no and yeah, no one even the best detectives probably wouldn't be able to piece anything together. I mean, it's only chicken scratch that I can make. Um, I'm constantly, you know, like I said, I don't sleep very well. So 2 a.m. I'll think, I'll like, oh, this should happen, and I'll, I'll reach over and grab my phone and I'll send a text to my email of a note that I want to add to the to to the story. You know, it's I tend to um, once again, you, you remember um, uh, on writing uh, Stephen King's book, and he said he said something great where he said. Um, he tends to, he looks at uh, the story as an artifact that you, you 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 get out of the ground and you bring it up too fast you lose a lot of pieces of it but if you do it slowly meaning like you just kind of um, you start slowly and you you develop a rapport with the characters um, you take it day to day and and it's been my experience that that works good for me too and the analogy I use is the the tried and true of taking it tree by tree. Mm-hmm. Um, because I find that if I think of the whole forest, uh, like when I look at past books I've done and I flip through, you know, 400 page books and I'm thinking, how the hell did I do this? Oh, Jesus. You know, like I'll never do this, be able to do this again. And you, cause you tend to forget like all the painstaking chapter after chapter that went into that. You, now you just look at the finished product. And, um, so I, I tend, I mean, no book has ever ended or began the way I always intended it to. I mean, I'll try to write outlines or ideas, but usually something ends up changing. So I tend to write, I guess from the hip would be the best explanation. You know, mm-hmm. I have a general idea of where I want it to go. Um, sometimes it kind of, kind of goes in that direction, but more often not, it, you know, it kind of detours. And... and so what, what, what gets you to put, the, put in the time to write? Is it the, there's some, you know, discipline. Yeah. I, I, um, you know, it, it's, I mean, it, it's not, it's not a difficult job because I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if I hated it, it would be, you know, it, it would be hard. Um, but there are still days when you're just, the last thing you want to do is write because those tend to be the days when you're just not feeling it or you're blocked. And, um, um, I think the most important, um, the most important aspect, and I, I, I'm still guilty of not following this rule, but is to just uh, develop a routine and structure and just stick to it. You know, even if you just have one of those days where you feel like you couldn't even spell your name, sit your butt down and just, even if the writing is just god awful, you can always go back and edit it, you know. Um, and and it's, it's especially tough nowadays because you got like all these distractions, you got friggin' social media and you know you got Netflix and you got your you got your Xbox and you got you got I got two crazy cats always running around and there's 
And again, like I said, right at the click of your tip, uh, your fingertips, I could just go, oh, let's go on Facebook, or oh, let's see if I got any more email, or you know. Yeah. So it's it's tough, man. It requires a lot of that discipline, you know. Do you like try to like shut off your internet and stuff? And you have yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I turn off my phone. I'll I'll shut my door, um, my office door, which which usually works. But like I said, I have two cats and they're nuts. Um, I mean, they're very cool cats. They and they love to be with me, and they want to both sit on my lap when I work. <laughs> and I don't know if you like cats or if you've ever had one, but you know the whole sitting on your lap while you're trying to work thing doesn't work because they want to help you. Yeah. So um, that you, I end up booting them out and shutting the door. And so yeah, it's it's tough, man. It's like you know, it's it, you just gotta you gotta just get up I try in a perfect world I would wake up go downstairs put on a pot of coffee go back upstairs and get my targeted number of words I always shoot for anywhere between two to four thousand words a day I'm a slow writer I'm not a fast writer and um, and then once that's done then go and you know, do the you know marketing stuff and and whatever, but you know it doesn't always happen. But that's what I shoot for. And uh, how many? Uh, you say you you put out like one book a year, or? Uh, no, I try not to. I, I'm a I'm slow. I don't know. I mean, if I if there was one thing I could change about myself, I wish I was more prolific. I wish I was a faster writer. Uh, I'm I'm not a I'm not a fast writer. I don't. I see some of these guys who are cranking out a book every two to three months. Yes. I don't know how the hell they do it. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't know how they do. It. I mean, like, and and I'm talking about good books. I mean, obviously you can crank out a book if, if every couple of months if it sucks. But I mean, like, I'm I'm talking like good books. I mean, there's some guys out there who can do it. I don't know how they do it. Um, if it was up to me, in a perfect world, I'd have about. I'd put out about two books a year, two and maybe three, maybe on a good day, you know. Um, but uh, like I said, I I'm my own I'm my own worst enemy. I'm very critical of my own work, so I um, I tend to do a lot of revision. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it happens to me too. I sometimes get sometimes the re, the rewriting and revision takes longer sometimes I was like that's oh, I gotta cut that down <laughs> well you know the hardest part is the revision can be fun the hardest part is um, and I'm sure you can relate it's uh, it's trying to ignore the temptation to revise your first draft while it's in while it's in uh, it's in you're in process of writing it um, that's the hardest part for me um, uh, I, I want to I mean the, your first draft again there are exceptions to the rule, but most often, first drafts are pretty crappy. Um, but the whole goal is is you're just dumping your head onto the in, onto the, the written page, and then once it's all out there, then you can start you know fine tuning it and doing your thing. But what I what I struggle to not to do is to constantly go back on that first draft and make changes and changes, and then before you know it, you're never getting the damn first draft finished. Yeah. So stuff. So what are you working on now? What are you writing now? I'm actually uh, I'm working on several things right now at at once, which is both good and bad. It means that I have a lot of 
irons in the fire, but it also means that my productivity is going to suffer because because of it. Um, and for that, I mean simply because um, you know you generally work best when you're only focused on one project. I mean it's very it's very difficult, especially if you get really into um, the mindset of your characters and the plot. I mean, again, there are there are guys out there who can switch it on and off, you know, go from one to the other, but and just I don't know how they do it. Um, I get, I can't. I get very, I get, I get absorbed to the point where, you know, my wife will be talking to me and I'm looking at her with a glazed face because I'm still thinking about what I wrote earlier, you know. So. And incidentally, she doesn't like that. Um, <laughs> Are you thinking so, about killers? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I mean, so... Uh, but what I'm working on is... Um, the, my next release is going to be a post-apocalyptic thriller. Um, the, the, last cup, the last book I released was more of a mystery, an FBI thriller mm-hmm. called Side Effects. And because I wanted to really expand my genre... I think as as any creative person, whether you're an artist or a musician or a, you know a painter, or a sculptor, you know writer, you're always uh, looking to just you know ex- expand and, and try new genres and try new things. And I wanted to. I was known. I was getting a little annoyed because I was getting lumped in with a lot of like ultra horror stuff, and I didn't. I didn't. Cons- I don't consider my stuff hardcore horror i think of it as as thrillers that are just a little on the dark uh side so i wanted to write something that was still you know still a little creepy but a bit more mainstream so i started trying to get more into the mystery thriller and then i wanted to try something else so the next book that's um uh that we're i'm finishing up now is a post-apocalyptic thriller and i'm actually co-authoring with my sister she's a librarian at the at the free library in uh, philadelphia and she's a uh, a really good writer, so we're we're working on that one together. And then after that, I've got two or three others that are in uh, maybe about each one is about five chapters deep, and those are more back to my um, my bad games roots, you know, bad stuff happening to good people. Do you try to focus like if you're writing one on one day, or just focus on that one? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I again, I really should focus. You know what I tend to do? I tend to pick one that has priority over the others. Mm-hmm. The I was I was kind of pleased. The one I just mentioned, the mystery one, the thriller, uh, the FBI thriller. It got it's it it received initially. It received lukewarm reviews and. And from my my fan base, and I think it was simply because it was different than you know that tends to happen. You know, it's mm-hmm. like when you know J.K. Rowling, Rowling wrote something that wasn't Harry Potter, people were no, give us Harry Potter. Yeah. And people say, oh, yeah, it was it was good, it was good, but it wasn't as exciting as Bad Games, or it wasn't as dark as Wildlife, or it wasn't as. And I get that, but it's it sells pretty well. So. I uh, and it, and you know I I really like the character so I'm actually working on a sequel to that. Yeah, your Amazon reviews are really good on it. I just took a look. <laughs> yeah, I mean people are people are digging it. They're like, I mean it's nice because they say it's it's a good read. I don't think it's what people are expecting. Like I said, if you go from bad games or wildlife or you know hair of the bitch or whatever, which are which are dark books, going like ah oh, that was cool blah blah blah. Well, what's this new one? Side effects. You're gonna be. You're probably gonna be disappointed a little. Because it's a completely different kind of book, so it's it's you know one, one like the 
bad games, those kind of books you read with like a shot of whiskey, whereas um, <laughs> the side effects you read with maybe like a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's a good description. Yeah. So, yeah, working on a lot of things right now. And do you still find time to read or are you too busy now to? You know, I, I, I yes, yes and yes. I, I, I do try. What I actually do is, I, I, you know, obviously I love to read. A lot of times, unfortunately, my work prevents me from reading as much as I'd like. What I do a lot of times when I'm really into something that I, um, like really in the middle of a, a piece of work, I like to reread favorites of mine because I tend to be very superstitious and um, I always worry that if I pick up a new book and it stinks, that somehow it's going to rub off on me <laughs> and it's going to make my, my work stink. And I'm, by the way, when I say something stinks, I'm certainly no critic. It's just my opinion. You know, if, if, if I personally did not care for it, I worry that somehow it's going to be stuck in my mind and then somehow it's going to affect my writing. So a lot of times when I'm in, in the middle of working on something, um, I don't really want to be distracted. So I'll pick up one of, like, one of my favorites and I'll just reread my favorite parts, you know, and just really appreciate the writing. Yeah, that's always a good good motivator. I do the same thing. Like Silence of the Lambs is one I've just going to mention. Yeah, that's the love. Amazing that book. has so many. I have there are there are whole lines in that book yeah. that I have memorized that are just genius. I mean, that's 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 one that's that's one that I'm constantly picking up and rereading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how are you active with your with a with like on, are you on social media? You're on Facebook and Twitter and all that uh -huh. stuff. Yeah, um, I I try to be really really interactive with my readers, you know, as much as I can because I number one because it's I enjoy it and number two there you know I'd be nothing without them, without them. Yeah. So yeah, I love. I mean, there's no greater feeling. I mean, it's 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 nice to be recognized by your peers, you know. But there's, it's just such a lovely feeling, you know, waking up to like emails, people saying, oh, I just finished, you know, hey, Mr. You know, so-and-so, I just read your book and finished Bad Games and oh, man, I, I, I was up till 4 a.m. finishing it and it was it. I mean, those, those just make your day and those kind of, and that's, that's who I write for. I mean, I, do I want to be like, you know, uh, a rich writer somewhere living out in, you know, on my own island? Yeah, of course. It'd be, who wouldn't? <laughs> But at this, but more than that, I want to write stuff where just people really enjoy it and have a good time. You know, I'm not not looking to be Mr. Fancy Pants and you know have a thesaurus on my lap and you know write all these crazy words. You know, I just want to I want to tell a good story. You know. Yeah, and for the listeners, I'll have links to your website, JeffMenapace.com, and your Twitter and everything on there, so they can uh, go check it out. Yeah, I have um, I have a Facebook page, I have a personal page, and then I have the fan page. Um, I'm pretty good about it. If you send me messages on my fan page, I'm pretty good about getting back to you, you know, in a day or so. My website, uh, jeffmenapace.com, which has a, um, a submission form where I can contact you there, or info at jeffmenapace.com. That's the email you can contact me on there which a lot of people do contact me through twitter which i i'm pretty good at getting back i have someone who handles a lot most of my twitter stuff but i'm pretty like whenever a direct message comes to me mm -hmm. um i'm pretty good at handling those so 
usually you can you can usually find me one way or the other. Uh, I see you have a Goodreads on your website. You're active on Goodreads. You know, I'm not as active on Goodreads as um, I probably should be. Um, I uh, every I, I kind of forget about it sometimes. Every blue moon, I'll click on it, and you know, I, actually, it's funny you say that. I just read the other. I just clicked on it the other day by accident, and. I think I was typing in Google and Goodreads popped up instead. And some some someone had written a review for Hair of the Bitch and it was a really cool review. It had like images and uh, uh, what do they call them? GIFs, GIFs and pictures and all this, you know. It was like the coolest review I've ever seen. It was like a movie. You know, I got I to gotta stop by there. I, I, sometimes I don't like visiting it because it's very review dominated and I try not to read a lot of my reviews because they can be very depressing if you get bad ones. And I, so I, I tend not to, like I said, Goodreads is very review dominated. So, but yeah, I do, I do go there as well. Yeah. I, I've got the same way with Goodreads. I kind of just leave that for the readers. Cause yeah, it can be, it can be scary in there with the, all the yeah. and stuff. <laughs> and, and, I'll, and people tend to be a little rougher there. I found you know, and yeah, you. Know, I don't want to tick them off. So, oh no, I never reply. I mean, that's rule number one. You never yeah. reply. But yeah. At the same time, I am human, and I don't. I don't like to hear people say like, you know, oh, this is a piece of shit. And so I'm like, oh, thanks. All right. Well, is there anything else yeah, you, you want to say to our listeners before I let you go? Buy my stuff. Buy my stuff. Buy, buy my, my stuff. stuff. Buy my stuff. <laughs> no, I just. Um, <clears throat> hopefully, I answered your questions, and I was in, informative enough. Like I said, I'm a writer, so I'm not the most interesting guy in the world. But I just, you know, my ultimate goal, I say this at the end of my books, I say I always print the same thing. I said, you know, my job is, is to entertain. I want, I want a book you can take on a plane with you, take to the beach, you know, in the wait, doctor's office, in the waiting room. You know, I want to entertain you. And, and I really, really hope that I, hope that I do that. And always feel free to, if, if you have nice things to say, uh, please feel free to reach out and, and contact me and I'll do my best to get back to you and I love you guys and gals and you know without you I wouldn't be able to do what I love for a living so that's it thank you for listening to this episode of Meet the Thriller Author you can uh, learn more about the this podcast and about future interviews over at the website at uh, www.thrillingreads.com forward slash podcast and if you haven't done so yet, I'd like to invite you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Uh, you can do it on Stitcher, or you can do it uh, by email uh, over at the uh, website. And I'd also like to invite you to uh, join the mailing lists so you never miss an episode. And I'd also like to invite you to visit my author page at uh, Facebook, uh, Alan Peterson Books, and also my website, alanpeterson.com. 